I'm Kim Grenolds of Dogman.com with Chris Fetter, Scott Eklund, and Luke Munger, where Washington defeated BYU 35-7 to in front of an announced crowd of 70,155. I think that's a sellout. A little bit shy. They called it a sellout. About, about 100 people short of last week's um, game, uh, attendance, but uh, big crowd, late arriving crowd as usual. Temperature 66 degrees at kickoff. We started to get a little bit of rain towards the end of the game, but pretty much held off and... Uh, doing this dogman radio it is raining outside so the weather held held uh for us today but overall probably the best game of the year for uh washington on both sides of the ball oh yeah i don't think i don't think you could say there was a better game um dominant on offense jake browning had an almost perfect day um and defensively i don't know how washington could have played much better uh 34 yards allowed rushing 55 if you take out the sacks and then um, 160 through the air, um, and they, they really just did their best to keep everything in front of them. So, Chris, with that opening drive, they had a couple of big plays, and then uh, a couple penalties got them uh, out of uh, out of uh, field goal position and out of the out of the red zone. But um, I think that kind of set the tone for the game with the way the offense started with a quick start today. Well, we talked to Jimmy Lake this week, and he said flat out, he goes. You know, we're going to try to keep everything in front of us, and we know the third down percentage isn't great, but the bottom line is if we're forcing teams to drive 70, 75 yards every time, we'll take that because we, we know how efficient an offense is going to have to be to beat us by going 10, 12, 15 plays, 75 yards. So, you know, you saw it. They did a good job, BYU did, of getting down to that point, but then all of a sudden, like you said, a penalty here, penalty there, and now all of a sudden a, maybe a missed play, Washington makes a play, and now all of a sudden they're backed up. So, And then you, you, you know, they have a missed field goal on one of the possessions and, and that kind of thing. So, yeah, there's, there's no doubt that it's, it's not really a bend, versus, uh, a bend but don't break. It's just more of a philosophy that they're going to pick their, their spots to be really aggressive. But for the most part, they're just not going to try to allow real big plays. You know, we saw the 39-yard the uh, pass play that BYU had. That, uh, you know, that's the first uh, play of over 30 yards to an FBS team this year. I mean, that's just kind of their MO. They just don't give up. They don't want to give up those big plays. They're, they're willing to let the, you know, let the team try to, try to break them down. Scott, I think the key to the game was the game that the offensive line had. They were still rotating guys in, especially Henry Roberts over on the other side, but they sure looked in sync and just seemed to be having their way today. Yeah, uh, they did rotate guys in, but not as much as I had, we had seen the week before. I, I thought it was pretty consistent. Uh, even Henry Roberts, when he did get in there, he was only in for a couple series. For the most part, it was Jared Hilbers. Um, yeah, overall, I think the offensive line has really come together. Um, now they they've got a they've still got to continue to get better every week and do all that those kind of things. But uh, you know, like we've said, uh, I think Kim said it um, on um, KJR this morning was that this is. I mean, Washington doesn't face a defense like they've faced in Utah, Auburn, and even Arizona State's big front. Um, they don't face that the rest of the way. So it'll it'll be, in, you know, this offensive line is coming together at the right time. Caleb McGarry had uh, three offensive holding calls. I wasn't able to see it, but he looked a little frustrated on those. Were you able to see what was going on there, Chris? Well, not really. I mean, I don't know how many. One that was a little questionable, but the other two I think were pretty legit. Yeah, I mean, again, he was going up against the the 6'9", Kafusi, Corbin Kafusi, sometimes. Now, um, there were also some times, too, where Browning was scrambling, and and those tackles are going to be kind of out in an island 
when he starts going wide. So that's not going to help them much either. I think to 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 me, Kim, the 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 real mitigating factor in all this was that the officials really clamped down on the holding calls really early in the game. And and all you want to do as a coach is is make sure that they're consistent. So if you're calling them on one side, you're going to call them on both sides. And so I think that was kind of the thing that set the tone with because BYU had a ton of holding penalties as well. Well, no, I was standing next to Elise Woodward and we were commenting they were holding on every play, you know, and they can't call every play, but it just seemed like every play their offensive linemen had their hands outside, you know, and grabbing on to, uh, you know, the side and just, you know, turning guys. So I was actually surprised there wasn't more called about BYU. What did you see up in the rafters, Luke? Uh, You know, I mean, there's one play, I think, oh yeah, my bad, the very first... The very first play uh, from uh, that BYU ran from scrimmage, right? Do you remember that when uh, they they it was a fly sweep and then mm-hmm. their ball carrier ended up stepping out of bounds after five, but it looked like Benning was getting hold and held in the yeah. call. So it's always interesting. I mean, like it, I, I I can only imagine how difficult it would be to to pay that close of attention and get every single holding call correct. But it was pretty consistent. It wasn't enough, obviously, to cause an uproar from either side. Uh, yeah, Scott, their offensive time looked like three card, card money. Take the snap, fake one way, fake the other way, go up the middle. I mean, it just seemed like they had three fakes on every play. Yeah, I mean, it was. I guess you could say it kind of looked like a, what, what a high school team would do with um, a wing tee, where they just kind of do different things. But it wasn't quite that that crazy. But um, you know, I, I think after a while, I mean, Miles um, Bryant said it post game that once you understand the offense or the offense that they're running. You know what what the motion, where the motion guy is going, and where the dive is going. And he said, once you know that, you can pretty much figure out what they're trying to do. They seemed to kill Washington on a couple of third downs with some screen passes, and that was about the only thing that was effective for uh, for them today. Right, and I and I know fans are going to sit there and go, "Oh, it's third and twenty three. You got to play. You know, you know, you you got to just kind of sit back and let him." Washington doesn't do that. Their their MO is to stay aggressive. Their MO is to come after the guys. And now, granted, I mean, yeah, it'd be nicer to have a little bit better recognition early if there's a screen thing going on. But by the same token, they're willing to give up a couple big plays like that and contain them, relatively speaking, if that means you can get six, seven, eight tackles for loss. Like they, they got eight tackles for loss today, and five of them came from the defensive backs. I mean, that tells you that they had this thing dialed in, this, this fly sweep game. I, I mean, I told you guys on Wednesday during the, during the radio show and in, uh, you know, in, in my predictions, I really felt like this nickel-based defense that Washington runs and their aggressiveness in locking down those receivers and having uh, Miles Bryant kind of run wild in the slot and kind of you know, just kind of sniff out where the fly sweep stuff was going – that these guys were going to have a big day, and I thought this was this this defense was perfectly suited for that offense. And again, eight tackles for loss, five coming from the defensive backs. Miles Bryant was creating havoc everywhere. Led the team in tackles, actually. yeah. And then uh, you know Taylor Rapp supplemented it with, with some sacks and and those things because I didn't think they were going to get a ton of upfield pressure because that's what the, the that that fly sweep stuff mitigates a lot of upfield pressure inside the tackles because you can't. I mean, you just. You have to be able to, to go where they're going because they're trying to spread things wide. Without looking at the stat sheet, Chris, what would you guess how many plays BYU ran tonight? Not a lot because I think they only had maybe 24 at half, if I remember correctly. So I wouldn't be, I'd, I'd be surprised if they did more than 50. Although at the end, they get, you know, they get some drives and things like that. So. They had 49 total. Yeah. So I, yeah and surprising. that's including getting the ball. I mean, they probably would have had 10 plays at the end of the game after the fumble. Right. Uh, seven. 
Yeah, right. but I think one of Washington's longest drives in terms of time of possession and and plays and whatnot was the six minute drive they had where uh, um, Peyton Henry misses the twenty four yard field goal. Mm-hmm. So again, it, it achieved the objective in terms of drawing the game down to a close. But I think this is the perfect scenario for Chris Peterson and those coaches in the sense that they won this game really convincingly going away. But that last touchdown is going to stick in their craw. The missed field goals and and that kind of stuff is going to stick in their craw. There's there's going to be plenty of things they can work on. The thing the thing is, um, I think Chico McClatcher owes all of the second unit something because they 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 would have stopped them on fourth down. They they came really close to stopping at the goal line. Um, hey, hey, Luke, um, tell people uh, Chris Peterson's reaction when somebody asked him about the missed field goal. Yeah, he said, that's what you're going to ask. He's like, we, Huskies, you want to win 35-7, and that, that's the question you have? You know, it was pretty funny. <laughs> it was pretty funny. because well, he it, wanted people to focus on the more positive Yeah, exactly. He didn't want to worry well, about that. He shut it down. You think yeah, he, he right shut it down way. effectively. He's like, yeah, we're not going there. Can we uh, have him talk to the people on our message board? <laughs> But hey, well, Luke. I'll tell you what. When when Browning had that first naked off the stretch play, because I asked I asked Bush about it, and he was just kind of like, "Yeah." He goes, "Well, we're always going to try to have that kind of stuff going wide against those guys." And and but if if you know if we can't get a run game going, all of a sudden we're going to try to play something like that. They're going to stay home, and they're going to you know. So he, he said maybe I did a little earlier than than probably I, I you know maybe would have normally, but uh, at the same time. You know, the fans, just like the first play last week, they see that going and they're like, oh, God, here we go, another Bush Handman performance. But trust me, you know, I think, I think that offense more than made up for it the rest of the way. I always say it takes a lot of things to happen for a quarterback to look good. It takes a lot to happen for a quarterback to look bad. But when you have an offensive line blocking like they did today, Jake had all day to throw Scott. Yeah, he did. And um, I, I was very impressed with how Jaron Hilbers played at left tackle. Keeping keeping some of those guys out. Kafusi was ret- rotating on both mm-hmm. sides of the of the line, so um, whoever had him had to be real I- effective. I thought the du- dual tight end sets were really big. I think Kate Otten and both Andrew Sample both had solid days. Miles Gaskin stepped up on a couple of blitz package uh, packages to get protection. Like you said, Kim. They other than that that quick sack that they got on Browning on the rollout. At, it was. I thought it was a flawless day, and I don't even think you can really blame that on the on the line because that's designed for that that, that guy to wash inside. Well, that's a naked. You know, that's when they say naked. I mean, that's he's out there. He's out there, and if that guy stays home, he's screwed. I mean, that's the way it works. And Chris, I talked about this earlier in my thoughts on uh, Monday that uh, you know this is you know this may not be a top five team, but I think they're a top ten team. They're not a spectacular team. They don't have the game changers, but this is just a really solid football team. Well, yeah. I mean, we've always thought they were a really solid football team, and I don't think that's even changed when they lost at Auburn. I think we were saying the same thing. I think, to be honest with you, Jake Browning talked a little bit about it after the game, was that you know when it came to the offense, you could see glimpses of it um, at Utah. You could see you know when the run game just started to get going a little bit, and you saw a little bit more against Arizona State, how he was able to step through the pocket a little bit more, not backtrack as much, and just have you know just had a little bit better day in decision making and, and the offensive line coming together a little bit more. So he talked about it. He said we've we've always felt a game like this was coming. And that's, I felt the same exact way, and I, I said it in the predictions and all that. I was the only one that 
predicted a score that was even close to that uh, number. I thought they'd get to 42, frankly. But, um, you know, I, I think all the signs pointed to Washington's offense having a bit of a breakout day today, and that's exactly what they had. And I think the crowd is getting close to breaking out, too. You know, students back in, you know, full student section back there. The dog pack was full. But I don't know how much you guys can hear, you know, up here in the press box. But uh, between last week and this week, it's been really loud down on the field. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's encouraging to hear. I think there were times that you could definitely tell I was getting out of a – gosh, I, I think I was getting out of an, the elevator. When was it? There, there was one moment where I was, like, in the elevator and I could hear, the, like, it the crowd. the beginning of the game. Yeah, hear the crowd noise, though. It was, oh, it was Miles Gaskin's run. Washington starts the game off with a 21-yard run, and it, it's like the elevator's, like, shaking, and it, you know. So I think it's encouraging to see uh, the crowd come out early. Washington hasn't played one of their, I guess, their marquee matchups at home yet against like Stanford or anything, but it's encouraging to see the kind of the turnout they've been able to get. Yeah, just looking at the stat sheet real quick, you know, one of the stats that really jumps out, uh, first downs, Washington with 26, BYU with only seven uh, penalties, a lot of holding calls in there with um, uh, BYU with eight penalties for 50 yards, Washington with five for 40. Uh, total. <coughs> Total offensive yards, Washington holds BYU to under 200, 194 total yards offense, Washington with 464. If they would have got the ball back, you know, and with Chico's fumble, they probably would have been over 500. Third down conversions, I think, is a big number. Um, uh, BYU was 5 of 14. Washington, very, very efficient. Probably the best third down game of the season. They were 9 of 12. Easily. Yeah. Easily, easily the best. I mean, in terms of percentage. 75%. You uh, BYU with uh, 49 plays, Washington right there, 62, and that's pretty much where they've been. Um, Washington did a good job in keeping the running game in check for BYU. Squally Canada, their running back, uh, uh, was held to seven carries for 13 yards. Aaron Fuller was the leading receiver with eight catches for 107 yards, and we'll talk a little bit about Drew Sample. I thought Drew had a great game, uh, five uh, catches for 37 yards, and a lot of those were just key first downs. Leading rusher today, Savan Ahmed, 10 carries for 86 yards. Miles Gaskin, 14 for 81. Um, Drew, excuse me, uh, Jake Browning, he was 22, excuse me, 23 of 25. He only had two incomplete passes for 277 and a touchdown. And another real interesting stat. Washington only punted once. Joel Whitford only punted once today. Um, I was going to say, all those stats that really stood out to me, the one was first downs. Washington had 26 first downs. BYU only had seven. Huge. But but of those seven, how many were rushing first downs? One. They held that offense, that fly sweep offense, the one that's supposed to get around and get chunks of yards on the ends and get some speed around. They got one first down on the ground. I mean, that's as good as it gets. Leading tacklers, Miles Bryant with seven. Ben Burker, by the way, uh, Miles Bryant, uh, he had a sack and uh, two tackles for loss. And Ben Burkirvin with six tackles and a forced fumble recovery. That was probably the play of the game right at the end of the half. Yeah, it was, absolutely, because it gave Washington to the chance to go in and score a touchdown. How about that run by the Jake Browning, by the way? That was pretty impressive, actually, yeah. He claims that was called. Do you buy in that? But yeah, 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 totally called. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was a quarterback sneak. It, it definitely yeah. was. It was the exact same play that they ran in 2016 against Oregon at the end of the first half. You could tell it was designed because he went back and he literally tucks it as soon as he goes all the way back yeah. in his drop, and he goes right around the left end. But then after that, he had to obviously kind of improvise yeah. a little bit. And, you know, typically 
you know, he, he knew he knew the situation, which I'll give him a ton of credit for, because that clock is going down. Normally you'd want your quarterback to maybe slide or get down so you won't get hit and stuff. But he knew it was end zone or bust. And they, they did have a timeout. So they could play in the middle of the field and if the game stopped they could have called timeout, hit a field goal, what have you. But yeah, I mean that was a, a great designed run, especially by Bush Hamden, because I you know, if you're BYU's defensive coordinator, Kim Who's the last guy you're expecting to run in that situation? <laughs> well, he made a guy miss, too. Yeah. No, no I, I remember mean, there's this quote. He's, got, he's sneaky athletic. Yeah, I remember last year, actually, in, during the 2017 season, Coach Peterson was talking about how Jake Browning, when he'll get out there, not only is he a surprising athlete, but sometimes when he gets out there and is trying to make moves and making people miss, like Coach Peterson kind of wants to cover his eyes sometimes because it's a little scary, you know? He's not a huge guy and he's a quarterback. So getting out there, you're, you're prone to taking some big hits, but he's pretty nifty. And he's able to lower his shoulder and get through a guy to get into the end zone, which is pretty sweet. What's funny is he almost knocked the ref over, too. Yeah. Well, the ref's got to get out of the way. Get that umpire yeah. out of the way, man. He's in the, he's in the wrong spot. Yeah. Uh, we talked about Drew Sample on the radio show. Drew Sample had five catches, but, uh, boy, every one of them seemed to be key tonight, Scott. Yeah, they did. He went for a couple first downs. Um, and then the, the nice little touchdown pass that he got from uh, Browning for 15 yards. I, I, um, I think, to be honest with you, that's one of the best scramble drills I've seen them do in a long, long time in terms of Browning buying enough time, buying enough time, and then having the drag route keep crossing, continue to go, continue to go. And he found him in stride, and it was a, it was a really pretty play, I thought. Because you know, those scramble drills sometimes are difficult because you expect the, run, the receivers and the tight ends to do certain things you know, when, there, when there is a scramble, when Jake's got to get out of that pocket. And, and for them to execute that in that manner was really good to see. And that's, that's good for the confidence, too, because there's so many things that they have to develop out of the scramble. Uh, because there's so many times where Jake's going to find himself on the run. Other than looking for uh, Aaron Fuller, because Aaron sure has become a uh, go-to guy, especially on third downs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's not a lot more to say. I mean, Fuller has done a great job of being Jake's top target. Um, he's gotten open quite a bit. He gets a first down almost every every reception that he gets. And, um, you know, he's not the biggest guy. He's not. I'd, I'd really like to see him find the end zone a little bit more. I'd like to see them target Jones a little bit more than they've been targeting. But uh, Aaron Fuller has definitely stepped up and taken that number one role. I still think he'd be better as a second or third option. Um, and if they had somebody that could take over that first uh, receiver role. But he stepped into it and done really well. Ty Jones only had one catch today, but that was on an underthrown ball by Jake Browning, and he made an acrobatic catch on that. Yeah, and that, that's the benefit of being a 6'4 athletic receiver. The catch radius is huge, and he was able to make a good play on the ball. And uh, I, those are the kinds of plays that you want from a guy like Ty Jones. You know, like Jake drops back 25 times, only two incompletions, but not every one of those 23 uh, completions is going to be a perfectly thrown ball. So. Yeah, it'll be interesting to rewatch the game because, like I said, he looked like he had all day to throw out there. He did. Mm-hmm. He definitely did. That, that tends to make you have a good day. Yeah, right. it helps. Uh, I, he's like, I thought it was a pretty uneventful game. I think it was just a workmanlike performance Absolutely. today. Absolutely. They they, it was very methodical. Washington did what they needed to do. Um, they didn't. I, I thought they ran the ball well, but they, I, I said it in, in, in our radio show. This game was going to be one on the arm of Jake Browning. And even though they got more rushing touchdowns, they got, what, four rushing touchdowns mm-hmm. to one passing touchdown, this really was, because of, of Jake Browning's ability to throw the ball down the field, get the ball out pretty quickly and make some good decisions, that, tight, that loosened up the defense yeah. and that allowed the, the, 
running game to get going even a little more than it already was. It, what kind of stood out to me about like a game where you hang 464 yards of total offense and score 35 points is that the longest play for Washington was 30 yards, which is a big play, but it wasn't like they were getting like, like big 50-yard, 60-yard touchdowns. They were just marching the ball down the field and then getting into the end zone. So. And, Chris, the thing that I kind of found, I was chuckling a little bit because Miles uh, Gaskin was doing a lot of the work inside the red zones, but, uh, you know, uh, Savan Ahmed with two touchdowns today after uh, Browning did the work to get him down there. Well, he was least, you know, leading running back. He had 8.6 yards of carry, uh, 10 carries. Miles had 14 carries. Uh, I'm going to have to go back and see the last time Washington had two running backs with over 80 yards each. I don't know if that's happened in a while. Lavon um, and Gaskin, I'm sure. Well, no, but, I mean, obviously, that at some point last year, but I don't think it's happened this year. So I think you know that's, that's good that they're starting to both round into form a little bit. Savon, I think, is definitely getting healthier and healthier and healthier. You're seeing it. Um, you know, I think, but you talk about red zone, Kim, when they go five of seven in the red zone and the only two times they don't score is because of the two missed field goals. I think you'll take five for five for touchdowns in that, in that situation. That's a, that's a really good day for the, because one of the things that BYU was really, um, they, they really kind of prided themselves on coming into this game was just how they were starting to shut people down a little bit in the red zone and forcing more field goal opportunities instead of touchdowns. So for Washington to get in there and score you know, as many touchdowns as they did in the red zone, and then obviously the two missed field goals are disappointing, but they'll obviously they'll get that cleaned up. And the, you, know, you guys mentioned it a little bit. I mentioned it in the, in the blog and on the board as well. The wind was just – it wasn't nice today. It was, it was causing a little bit of issues, and um, – I don't, it was probably really difficult to see on TV for sure. That wasn't, but it wasn't. It wasn't necessarily an easy situation. That wasn't the problem with the field goal. He mishit it. No, 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 no. I mean, I'm not saying. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying in general, the wind was was causing some some issues before the game, which makes the percentages I think for both quarterbacks kind of even more remarkable. Yeah, and one other thing I think they need to clean up, uh, Sohan Ahmed uh, needs to have better ball security because he had the one fumble, but, boy, he was carrying the ball loose out there today. Yeah, I mean, he, he, in the post-game uh, interview, he said, I owe Nick Harris some something because uh, <laughs> he really picked him up. I, you know, I didn't notice that, that he was carrying it out of his body. You know, you might have. I didn't see that. But, um, yeah, he needs to be more careful with it. And last year he didn't uh, – he was talking about it. He didn't have a fumble. Yeah. Um, this year he's fumbled twice, I think, now. But give credit to Austin yeah. Lee. The, the, it was a good the line, the, was Yeah, a good the player uh, for BYU that did it. I mean, that, is, that was a textbook strip coming from behind and just going for it and just ripping that thing out. That, you know, if you're Gaskin or one of those guys, maybe you don't fumble that ball. But I think a lot of people fumble that ball in that situation. Yeah, it's just awareness. Almost halfway home. It's just, you know, five games into the season. UCLA next week down at the Rose Bowl. If you haven't heard, 4.30 starting time down uh, down in L.A. But uh, and UCLA has looked horrible. And when a team looks that bad, it makes you a little nervous going in there because I'm sure they're getting their butts chewed by Chip Kelly this week. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, final thoughts, Scott? Um, great overall win. I I think Washington won every phase, even with the two missed field goals from Peyton Henry. I'm not that worried about it. I, I he was hitting the ball weird during the during warmups, and I and I I I just I even said it to Chris. You know, I sent a text up to you, and I said, hey. He's pushing everything left right now, and that's kind of what it turned out to be. So um, I'm not too worried about that. But overall, I thought good kick coverage, good punt coverage. Um, they, they um, you know, offensively they played really well. Defensively they played really, really well. 
best game you could ha- really have com- coming out. Best feeling you can have coming out of a game. Luke Munger. Yeah, I mean, I think they just, for lack of a better way to say it, made it look easy. Miles Gaskin, it felt like there was a couple times Scott turned to me and Miles would get seven yards. and It didn't look like he got seven yards there, but it's just because he wasn't touched for five, you know? So I think Washington, this was about as dominant of a performance as you could hope for. Nothing really new to add. Chris Fetters? Uh, you know, I just want to remind people at the end of the day, this was against the number 20 team in the country. And yeah, it was at Husky Stadium, and I think that's about as workmanlike a performance against a top twenty team. I think I've ever, I've seen in a long I wouldn't say ever seen, but I've seen in a long, long time. And um, you know that's going to do wonders for their national um, interests because the bottom line is all the guys on the East Coast and the Midwest or whatever that didn't see this game, and they're going to see thirty-five to seven against the twenty number twenty team in the country, the team that went to Wisconsin and beat Wisconsin. And Wisconsin has a lot of cachet, whether people believe it or not. People may say, oh, Wisconsin sucks now. Wisconsin doesn't suck. Wisconsin is, is, a, is a solidly coached team. BYU just had a bad day today. And then part of the reason is, is because I went back at – I've been a broken record on this, Kim. That defense, the way they play their base nickel at Washington with Miles Bryant and those guys – it's just an absolute nightmare for that fly sweep. I mean, it just plays right into their strengths. The, 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 we've talked about it from the, from the very, very beginning. The secondary of Washington is the heart of this death row defense right now. And when you want to run right into it by going parallel to the line of scrimmage, and then sometimes you're going to get swallowed up by a guy like Benning, you know, it's just, I mean, it's, where, was there, where were they going to go? They had one rushing first down today. It's absolutely ridiculous. So again, I, I, I really I felt like I saw this coming, not just on offense, but on defense especially. And um, you know, I think this just bodes well for their for their confidence. And again, I think this is a perfect situation for the coaches because they didn't finish the game the way they would have wanted to. They're gonna have a ton of teaching moments. They're gonna keep these guys on track and focused. And then you go down and play in the Rose Bowl, and that's always gonna be a difficult place to play. I don't care if they are 0-4. Pre-game, uh, it was great to see Donald Butler. Uh, haven't seen Donald in a while. Uh, he had uh, uh, quite a long NFL career, and uh, a lot of it was down in San Diego. He's back in school. He's hung up the spikes. He's done with football. He's finishing his degree. Um, he's not sure whether he's going to move back to San Diego and make home there. He's originally from Sacramento. He may go back there, but uh, he's also got uh, a baby daughter that was just recently born. So great to see Donald uh, here. Deontay Cooper also on the sidelines today. Always good to see Deontay. And, yeah, and uh, you know what's Julius Bulow, the new commit was on the sidelines. Man, that is a big dude. He is one big dude. So it was great uh, to see that guy down there. Uh, also, David Crisp was in the front row of the dog pack, you know, from the basketball team, getting them all fired up. So fun day at Husky Stadium, workmanlike uh, win. Uh, go down to UCLA next week, and then they've got a tough game against Oregon. So that's going to be real interesting uh, getting down there. We'll be back on Sports Radio 950 KJR Wednesday night from 7 to 8. Make sure to tune in. Also, if you're looking for those daily up-to-dates as well as updates on any breaking news and notifications of that, just shoot us a note real quick, huskystadium at gmail.com with the subject line newsletter, huskystadium at gmail.com, subject line newsletter. We will get those updates to you. So uh, from all of us at dogman.com, I'm Kim Grenolds along with Chris Fetters, Scott Eklund, and intern extraordinaire Luke Munger. We're not going to, Duke. We're not going to Dick's tonight, Luke. Good. I don't think my stomach can handle it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we'll, we'll see you Wednesday. Go dogs.